Well, first of all, welcome to each and every one of you. Thank you for coming here on this Father's Day morning. I did put a challenge out to the men because Father's Day has a tendency to be a little bit of a lower attended service, but I have to absolutely congratulate you for coming out on Father's Day the way that you have. So give yourselves a big round of applause. I'm sure many of you have got wonderful plans for the afternoon to be with your families. And as Naomi said, there's a crown that you have the right today to just boss everybody around. Amen. <laughs> and in fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on this morning in the sermon. Um, it truly is uh, just such an honor to, to be in the house of the Lord. And, uh, you know, I always, I always tease the ladies because they really do make a big deal about Mother's Day, you know. It's like, just like special performances. And so I said, there better be a poem this year for Father's Day. And they did that, so I'm very thankful. <laughs> but I have to say one thing, that as fathers, we have a great privilege on Father's Day that Mother's Day just doesn't have. And that is we get to celebrate the father of all fathers on this day. So we share in that with, with the father. Ladies, you just, you know, you can sing all the songs you like. <laughs> and we do love our moms very, very much. So we honor you as well this morning. But, um, you know, over the years, being a Christian and serving the Lord, I have come to realize that one of the greatest privileges that you and I have in this dispensation that we're in, this New Testament dispensation, is that we have a revelation of God as a Father. And this is an extremely powerful thing, because in the Old Testament, God revealed Himself in so many ways, but never as a Father. And Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. He taught us to pray. He said, our Father in heaven, pray this way. He also taught us that 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 he would reveal the name, a name of God to us, his name to us, and the name that Jesus reveals to us is the name Abba, which is Daddy, which is Father. You know, God wanted Jesus wanted us to learn about the intimacy that we could have with our heavenly Father. We often talk about in Christian circles, we talk about being born again. Well, do you realize that when you are born again, you are born into a new family? that you have a new father. Not that there's anything wrong with the earthly father that God's given you, hopefully, but the truth is, is not, not everybody's fortunate and that not everybody has a good father. And even if you have a good father, he's not perfect. Amen. But before I carry on, I didn't do this and I really need to. My father is sitting here, my dad, and I just want to honor you, dad, because like Naomi said, you truly are an absolute inspiration. And I'm going to talk more about you in the sermon today, so, you know, but I am very grateful because I have truly had the most wonderful, wonderful dad. I really have. And, and I'm very thankful to you, dad. Truly thankful. So, um, but Jesus wanted us to understand. He wanted us to understand that God, yes, he's almighty. Yes, he's a healer. Yes, he's a deliverer. Yes, his name is not even something we should pronounce in some situations, but ultimately, he is your father as well. 
and that he's, he's a good father. And Jesus and the, and the father's relationship was such an incredible relationship because Jesus never wanted to do anything that, that the father didn't tell him to do. He was an obedient son. He was a good son. I think sometimes some of us should maybe be a little bit better in that area. If you don't say amen, you better say oh my. <laughs> so, you know, we're all growing and learning, but there is no question that it's a very special thing being a father. And I can honestly say that in the many roles that I play, being a pastor, being a husband, this morning I was standing and I walked into the, kid, the kids' rooms and they were sleeping and I looked around the room and, and I just said to the Lord, what an honor it is to be a dad, to be a father. And I looked at my kids and I was like, man, this is just, Lord, these are the treasures that you have given me. And it's such a privilege, guys, we should never take it for granted. But at the same time, being a father comes with such responsibility. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about the responsibility, the role that the father has to play in the house. Now, I can't get into everything this morning, but I'm going to show you some things from Scripture that I truly believe can help you and lead you. And, 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 and when I say the things I'm going to this morning, it's in no way to make you feel bad because you haven't measured up. The truth is that none of us will ever measure up, measure up perfectly. In some areas, we might be stronger than other areas. But the Word of God is our GPS of life, guys. It leads us to that final destination. And I really believe that if we look at God's Word and follow His Word, we can be a true success in the kingdom. Can you say amen? amen. One of the things that I love so much about the Father, about God, is when Jesus gets baptized, He goes under the water he comes up out of the water and there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What many people may not realize is that up until this point, Jesus has done no miracles. He hasn't done anything supernatural or so great up until this point. But God looks down on his son. He gives his son identity. He gives his son affirmation. As fathers, you and I should always give our children affirmation. We should always confirm who our children are, how special they are, how wonderful they are, even when they've done nothing great yet. Can you say amen? You can ask my wife. I, 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 you know, I never did this with my daughter. I did many other things with her, but with my son, Whenever, he, whenever I see him, he comes around me, I always, I call him champion. That's what I call him. So when I see him, I go, <sighs> when I see him, I go, morning champ, morning champion. And all the time I call him champion because I want him to know that he will always be my champion. And as fathers, we need to always affirm our kids in this way. I watch him so many times how his little face lights up when he hears me say things like that to him when I give him that affirmation. In the morning, he's done nothing great. It's just my son. But he is worthy to be called a little champion. Because one day he will rise up 
and become all that God has called him to be. And he will fulfill that that I call him every single day of my life. Can you say amen? Ephesians 3, verse number 14 says this. I'll read this out of the Amplified Version because it just gives us so much good detail. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. All fatherhood comes from God. Every father represents God to his family. I want you to stop and think about that for just a moment. That if you're a father, if you're a dad, and I want to say this too, if you're a husband, you represent God to your household. That's a huge responsibility and one we should not take lightly. Unfortunately, the truth is, none of us will ever live up to that perfectly. How can we? God is perfect, and we are definitely not. In the same breath, though, we should most certainly strive our absolute best to at all times live up to being a good father, a loving father that leads our families. Can you all say amen? Amen. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 11 verse number 3 tells us this. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. You see, in the world today, the culture teaches us that, that authority is a bad thing. The truth is, is in order for us to be successful in the kingdom, we must abide by God's divine authority. And the world wants to teach us that that this isn't right, but the truth is, is that the only way you will find true joy and peace in your life is when you operate by God's authority. Let's read it again. He says, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. Christ is our head men. The head of every woman is man. Woman, the man is the head over you. That's his role. That doesn't mean he must use it. That doesn't mean he must misuse it. That doesn't mean he must abuse it. In fact, he should take that responsibility so, so seriously and treat you absolutely right. I thought I would have got a better amen out of that. <laughs> and the head of Christ is God. You see, there must be divine order. Even the Son submits to the Father in Scripture. Do you understand? Do you see it? There is a divine order placed in by God. The example that we have of how we should live and how we should, how we should be fathers on this earth is through Jesus. Jesus is our example in everything. Jesus came to the earth and fulfilled three roles, many roles, but three primary roles I want to talk about this morning. He was a priest, he was a prophet, and he was a king. And so it is that every man should be all of these three things in the household. You should be a priest, you should be a prophet, and you should be a king. Now that doesn't mean that women can't be involved in all of this. Of course they can. But the man is supposed to be the head in these areas. Let's take a look at the role of a priest. You see, in Scripture, right from the very beginning, it was the man's role to be the priest of the house. 
A priest is also an intercessor, the person that makes sacrifices unto God. We should do that as men on behalf of our families. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement. Amen. Exodus 12, verse number three. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. This is when the angel of death was about to come over the, 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 uh, the land of Egypt where the children of Israel were being held captive. And so when God gave an instruction for the, the, the head of the house to protect the household, he gave that instruction to the father of every house, to the man, to the leader of the home, to the high priest of that household. Let's read it what would take place in Exodus 12, verse 22. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the, lint and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of, of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians." And he sees the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, and the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. It is important that we recognize that it is the Father's role to act as the priest, as the intercessor, as the protector of the household. Can you all say amen? We are the covering. We are the ones that have to lead our houses. Take a look at this scripture in the New Testament, in Mark 9, verse 14. We know the story, but I'm going to read it to you because I want to show you something really powerful here. Mark 9, 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude, this is Jesus, around them, and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son. Have a look who's doing this. Who's bringing the child? Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever, it's, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they, brought, then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, look at what he says, he asks the father, how long has, he been, has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and often... He has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, now watch, if you, Father, he's talking to the Father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The child is in trouble. The high priest of the house is the one who needs to stand up who needs to take responsibility. He needs to have faith for his household. It is the role of the husband. It is the role of the father to do this. Can you all say amen? Come on, you better say amen. amen. 
Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I love this because it's a picture of a real typical dad. Yes, I believe, but Lord, help me. Amen. Because we don't always get it right, even though we know that this is a serious situation and I have to have faith. And I do believe, but I still need your help to believe. So we will never do it perfectly, but the response was right. The heart was right. He was willing to bring his son through the crowd, went to the disciples, didn't work out, took his son to Jesus, cried out to Jesus out of desperation. Jesus doesn't try and figure out anything with the son from anybody except the father. And when Jesus saw the people running, Together he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead, but we know that he wasn't dead. The fact of the matter is, is that that's the father's role to be the priest, the intercessor, the one who stands in the gap on behalf of their family their wives, and their children. It's their responsibility. Now let's take a look at the role of a prophet. A a prophet represents God to the family. So it's their job to represent the Father, to represent the Lord to their children. Take a look, Ephesians 6 verse number 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Listen, you can read any translation. It doesn't say this to mothers. It says this to fathers. What happens today in most family circles is it's the moms that are teaching the children about the Lord. The fathers are not present. They're doing all the other stuff. And dads, we have responsibility to provide for our children, absolutely. But your first role is to take care and lead your children in the ways of the Lord. Because here's the problem, especially with your sons. They will watch you. They will listen and be taught by their mothers, but they will wanna be like their dads who don't wanna go to church who fight about going to church, who doesn't get into the Word, who doesn't spend time in prayer. And there's the wives interceding and praying and crying out to God and saying, Lord, why is there no breakthrough? It's not your fault. This is coming out totally different to the first service. I was a lot nicer in the first service. (laughs) Listen, this is not to make you feel bad. We've all missed it in some other way. I assure you, as we go down the list, the idea is not for us to sit and try and make ourselves, we're hopeless, we've got no hope, we've been a total disaster. Listen, you can't do anything about what you've done, but you can start now. You can start right now. Doesn't matter how young or old your children are, and if you're a young father, learn from this this morning. What's really interesting is, I remember as a child, when I was very young, I was about the age of my own son, about six years old, 
maybe a little older, a bit younger, I don't remember exactly, because I don't remember much else, but this I remember. I remember going with my dad to church, my mom too, but why my dad was the one that made such an impression on me, I can't tell you, only God knows. But I remember sitting in the car with him and he would put music on and I would watch him worship God. I would go to church with him and see him playing in the band and see him worshiping the Lord. I don't remember any sermons, guys. I don't remember what the preacher said. I remembered what my dad looked like. I remembered what my dad was doing. That's what made such an impression in my heart as a young boy. Listen, listen, I'm telling you his good stuff. There's some bad stuff too, just so you know. Very few, but this, you know. <laughs> it wasn't always perfect. But as a young boy seeing my father do that, I thought about it. You know, I thought, can I remember any of the sermons? No, none of them. But I remember my dad. I remember how he would put the music on. I remember looking at him as a young boy, wondering why he looks so shiny and clean. I didn't understand it as a little boy. Now I understand it. It's because he was in the presence of God. He loved to worship the Lord. He was an example to me. I can never forget that. Amen. The Bible also tells us that, let me read it to you. Colossians 3 verse 21. Colossians 3 verse 21. Fathers do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them or harass them, lest they become discouraged and suddenly, and, and I'm sorry, discouraged and sullen and morose and feel inferior and frustrated. Do not break their spirit. Remember, as a prophet, you are representing God to your family. How you treat your children is so important. Discipline is so important. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on, but I want you to understand that you mustn't break them and hurt them. You never see the Father do that with Jesus. Correction comes in. Yes, correction is good, but never do we see them break him, the, uh, the Spirit get broken. Order, yes. Correction, yes. You know, Jesus cries out to the Father, you know, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will. The Father didn't spare him from that pain. He had to go through it. Disciplining children is not always fun. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I don't want to get into discipline, but I want you to understand it's important how we treat our kids. You see, we want to be in charge, but being in charge is actually sometimes very difficult and we must do everything like that in love and not break them. Are you with me? Hebrews 11 verse 7, by faith being divinely warned of this not yet seen, of, of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he, he, he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness which is according to their faith. I want you to see when God was about to do things on the earth, it was a father that had to prepare things for his household. That's the role and responsibility of the father. Amen. Now, let's get to the last point here this morning. I'm not going to be much longer. I know you want to go barbecue. Amen. 
We gave you a crown this morning because the truth is, is in the house, you are supposed to rule. But I want you to know something. Every king has a queen. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the queen's crown is always a little bit prettier. So yes, you rule, but she rules right beside you. Amen. 1 Timothy 3, verse number 2. I'm going to read this whole bit of text to you, but there's really one thing I want to show you primarily. This address is to a church leader, but understand that this is an example of how a house should be. So he says, so a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. Now, here's the part I want you to focus on this morning. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For, a man cannot, for if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? The truth is, if you can't manage your own household, you can't manage much at all. And you are in charge in your household, fathers, to be the discipliners, to take control. If we let our children get everything they want and do everything they want, they will grow up and not understand order, discipline, we cannot do that. And it's so easy for us because, you know, I mean, I know I've done it myself. You know, just, you know, just go to mom. I'm the nice one in the house. <laughs> Sad but true. But the thing is, though, is that in my house, when dad says enough, they know it's enough. I mean, I watch my son, and you know, kids are so funny because they have this tendency to want to just kind of like try and just push the line a little bit, you know, just test the waters to see how much they can actually get away with. And I like, actually enjoy watching him do this because he'll, you know, he'll sort of like just, you know, you need to come in, my boy. Coming, Dad. I'm just going to, can I quickly go to the other side of the garden? And then I'll come in. Yes, no problem. He runs to the other side of the garden. Dad, I'm just going to run to the other side. Uh, you need to come now, my boy. Now, just one more time, Dad. Come now. Boom, and he comes in. And you know why? Because he knows that after the voice has been raised, that's the, oh, not the last thing that will get raised. <laughs> we have to discipline them. We have to keep them in order. If we allow them to do everything they want, they will get destroyed. Genesis 18 verse 17 says this. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abram what I am doing? Since Abram shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. This is a beautiful promise, but take a look at this. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do right and Justice, righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abram what he has spoken to him. The condition is that things must be done righteously, that order must be placed in place, and that the father must take control of the household. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> but gentlemen, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus taught us one thing. He taught us by showing us that the wife is the church and he is the bridegroom. He says that the scriptures say that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. The greatest example you can be in your household is to love your wife, to treat her right, to honor her, and watch as you do that, she will respect you and things will begin to fall in order in your household. The greatest example that we can be as fathers is to love our spouses and then to love our children. It's not always easy because sometimes, you know, we're so busy, life happens, we're tired, you know, and, and I just, you know, I get home and I'm like, you know, I just don't want to do anything. And Joshi comes running and Annie wants to show me her homework. And, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to look at this now. I don't want to do this. And, you know, then can you jump in the pool or go for a walk or do something? And we have to do these things. We have to make sacrifices. And then that gives us the right to do exactly what we are called to do. Man, there's so much more that I could share with you this morning. But I want to encourage you, men, to really, truly take your place in the home. Not to rule with an iron fist. Submission, our wives must submit to us. Your wife will only submit to you, to you when you love her and cherish her. That's the only, there's no, there's no submission without that. How can she? How can she if we don't take our rightful role in the household? Love God, love your family, and then love everything else after that. That's the order that we've been instructed to do. And I really pray for each and every one of you. Being a dad is wonderful, not always easy. And we all fall short. But the Bible most certainly does teach us how to do it. So let's follow God's divine order in our households. And so I want to pray for you this morning. <clears throat> Father, your word is true. And so we stand surrendered to you this morning. Lord, I know that not everybody's grown up in good homes, some with very hard situations, some without fathers. And so I'm grateful to you this morning that you are every one of our heavenly father. And Lord, you are perfect in all your ways. So we surrender our lives to you this morning. And where there is a void in anyone's life because of a father, I pray that you would fill that void this morning, that they would come to you as their father, a good father. You even show us in scripture, Lord, the story of the prodigal son, where even when kids mess up and do things wrong, how the father is always there to welcome them back. Lord, I pray that you will give every dad, every husband strength, and wisdom this morning to pursue you first and then everything else we're supposed to do. It's not always easy, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so I pray a special blessing over every dad in this place this morning. 
I pray for you that if maybe your dads have gone on to be with the Lord and they're not here anymore, I pray for you as you miss your father. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray this morning with gratitude and thanksgiving to you as our heavenly father. We love you and honor you and we just value you so much, Lord. We are so grateful. And so I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every person this morning as they go from this place. The joy of the Lord will surely be our strength and the peace of God will be the one that guides us. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. And we will see.